We're kicking off our new series we're calling Thrive. Flourishing in a fallen world. Thrive. I was thinking back this, uh, this last year, going back, and I was just thinking about some, some memes that would describe our previous year as we reflect. And uh, I thought of this one. If 2020 was a slide, right? Or how about this next one? 2020 summed up, I've fallen and I can't get up. That's how some of us feel, right? And lastly, an interview said, what's your greatest achievement in 2020? Staying alive, staying alive. Ooh, ooh. Here's the thing. Many of us, we, we've, through this last year, we've inadvertently taken on this uh, survival mentality. This survival mentality where we just kind of think our job is to get by. The problem with that is that we're, we're never meant to just survive. Friends, as followers of Christ, by the power of the blood and the, and the risen, re resurrected King, we are to thrive, not just survive. We are to thrive. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We are meant to thrive. And January is kind of the time of year where we actually kind of think about thriving in our areas of life. We like to thrive financially. So maybe some of you uh, have done a new budget for this new year. We want to thrive financially. We want to thrive in terms of our time. Some of us develop a, a schedule, some time management skills that we utilize to maybe uh, safeguard our time. We want to thrive in the area of our health. Some of you, I won't make you raise your hands, but some of us have maybe started a new diet where, whereby we want to lose some weight. But I want to challenge you this year. Not just to focus on losing the physical weight, but also focus on losing the spiritual weight, the spiritual baggage that has held us hostage for so many years. How long are we going to be defined by something that happened 20 years ago? How long are we going to sputter along in a funk, a depressive funk, numbing ourselves with a pill or a bottle or material goods? How long are we going to be gripped by unforgiveness, doing time for somebody else's crime? That's what it is when you live in unforgiveness. How long are we going to struggle with the same stuff? Jesus said in John 8, 36, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Friends, it's time for us to step into our freedom, step into our thrive. He bought and paid for it with his own blood. And all we have to do is step into that. But let me, let me be clear. It's not just one little step. Okay, I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. I want to teach the Word of God, the rightly divided Word of God. And so to, to, to thrive, it's, a, uh, it's one step after the other. It's a progression, a progression. There's an old saying that if you see someone at the top of a mountain, they didn't fall there. Right? They took one step after the other. It's a progression. I've titled this talk today, The Progression of a thrive. The progression of a thrive. It's a progression. We're going to see this progression in Luke chapter 5. Jesus rolls up on the scene. He's recruiting. He wants to recruit his dream team, his disciples. And he, so, so he shows up to the Sea of Galilee in Luke chapter 5, and he finds Peter, James, and John cleaning out the nets for their fishing boat. Luke 5, verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake Gennesaret, now, that lake is uh, also known as the Sea of Galilee, and Lake Tiberias. It's not a sea. It's a, it's a freshwater lake, uh, 13 miles long, seven miles wide, largest freshwater lake in Israel. 
And so they're all the same thing, Sea of Galilee, Tiberias, and Gennesaret. So the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. Now, Simon in the Bible is also known as Peter and Cephas. Simon was his given name. Peter is the name Jesus gave him, meaning rock. That's his Greek name, rock. And Cephas is Aramaic for rock. So same guy, Simon, Peter, Cephas. And asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat. The partners were James and John, their brothers, to come and to help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Lord, thank you for this progression of a thrive that we see in this story, God. You see that progression in our lives and you want us to step into that place. God, I pray that we would be free to be the people you've called us to be and not settle for anything less than that, God. Help us step into our progression of our thrive today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me give you some truth. Let me give you some truth today about your progression, my progression of a thrive. Thrives begin small. Thrives begin small. Look at verse three again. He got into one of the boats belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little from shore. Before Jesus asked Peter to do a lot, he asked him to do a little. He asked him to do a little. If you're, if you're watching online, put that in the chat. Do a little. Just do a little. Do a little in your home. Start being there. Start being more present in 2021 in your home. Eat dinner as a family. Do a little in your marriage. For those people who are married in here, go, go on a weekly date night. <laughs> go on a weekly date night. Yeah. Oh, but I can't afford it. Well, can you afford a divorce? Because I hear they're pretty expensive. Not to mention you can afford that triple mocha latte with the caramel drizzle dripping off the side, all 1,700 calories. You can afford that. <laughs> right? Do a little in your marriage. Do a little in the church. I'm all in for Jesus. Not if you ain't serving and giving, you're not. Oh, you can't say that. Why not? God wants all of you. And, and, and he doesn't need your money like, oh gosh, what am I going to do if they don't tithe? He's God. He doesn't need your money. He wants to do something. Second Corinthians 9, 6. He wants to bless you, right? That's an access point for God to bless you. Your faith and your faithfulness is an access point whereby God blesses you and gives you something that you need. That's his plan. He loves you. Do a little in church. Do a little in your marriage. Do a little in your home. And let me tell you something. Friends, God does a lot with a little. What took down that giant in 1 Samuel 17? One little stone. What fed 5,000 people in Matthew 14? Two little fish and five little loaves. What rescued two widow's sons, the widow's sons, 
from a, a life of slavery in 2 Kings 4. What was it? One little jar of oil. And where did Jesus go to recruit his dream team? The lake. He didn't go to Lake Tahoe, where all the rock stars and the high rollers and the Hollywood elites hang out. Oh, no, 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 no. He went to Lake Pleasant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's call it Lake Peasant, right? Because there were lowly people there. The Sea of Galilee, that's where the poor people hung out. They, they were fishermen. They, that's where the blue-collar workers hung out. And, and yet that's where Jesus went to recruit his team because he can do a lot with a little. He says in Luke 16, 10, whoever is faithful with very little will also be faithful with much. You see, God wants to see us on this progression. He says, I'm going to give you something, but I want to see you be faithful in the little things. And when you're faithful in the little things, I'm going to give you a lot. But first be faithful in the little. What I want to tell you today is take small steps. Take small steps. One of the mistakes we, we, we make in the new year is like, okay, I'm going to change my life. And we try to take these massive leaps when God says, just, just push out a little. Just, just, just do a little. Just be faithful with a little. I knew this lady. She was on the worship team in California. And she's going to go on this diet, right? It was the same time of year, many years ago. And uh, she told the whole worship team. And then she told all of Facebook that she was going to go on this diet. And for one year, she wasn't going to have any sugar. Not one granule of sugar were to touch her lips for that calendar year. And she wanted accountability. So she went on Facebook and told everyone, told the whole church. Friends, there's a difference between accountability and stupidity. <laughs> because three days later, she was in the green room backstage eating a big old fudge brownie. I went up to her and said, what were you doing? Oh, it's just too hard. Well, yeah, because you try to take a leap. Just take a small step. Watch, do a little cardio or maybe cut out some carbs, maybe reduce your portion size. I mean, just, just take some small steps, right? Small decisions create a big impact. You want to change your life? Start by changing your thoughts. You want to impact your world? Start by impacting your kids. You want to add more time with Jesus? Start by deleting Twitter. You want to God to be more present in your life, start being present in church and don't miss a Sunday. Make a commitment. I'm so proud of, of Ryan and Maddie. We got a little picture of Ryan and Maddie. Aren't they cute? So you know Maddie. Maddie plays keyboards here on the worship team and Ryan plays guitar on the worship team. Where are you guys at? I know you're here somewhere. Oh, you're back there. I'm about to embarrass you. No, I'm really proud of them, man, because they, uh, several months back, they started dating. They're both seniors and they started dating and uh, what, by the way, what better place to find a, a, your soulmate than in church? You know what I'm saying? And, and so they started dating, but check this out. They took a small step. They said, you know what? Every morning we want to do a devotion together. So virtually they get on FaceTime and they do a devotion each and every day together. They haven't, I don't think, missed a, missed a morning. Isn't that cool? And that's a foundation upon which they're building their, their relationship. I know some of you pessimists are saying, yeah, but yeah, but they're, they're going to get married. You know, they're going to start dropping kids. That's how we say it around here. That's how we roll. I come from a big family. But they start having kids and, 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 and you know, you're like, and you wake up next to each other if they get married and, you know, he, he's got morning breath and you're like, I don't want to do devotion with him, right? I know what you're, you're saying. Or you're not going to, they say you, you don't have time. You don't have time to do it. Well, friends, we have time to do what's important, Right? And what I want to encourage you to do this year, as you kind of safeguard this thrive, this progression of your thrive, I want to encourage you to say no 
to say yes. Learn to say no so you can say yes. Say no to what's preferential to say yes to what's essential. Right? So many of us, like, you know, hey, uh, it's preferential for me to go out, hang out with, with the guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, Tori, let's, let's hang out tonight. Let's go play some ball. But you know what? That's preferential. But you know what's essential? It's for me to be present in the lives of the four people, four people in this world that call me dad. Only four. Right? That's, that's preferential, but that's essential. And it's not to say we can't have friends. We want to do life together. We want to have community. But we have to learn to say no to what's preferential, to say yes to what's essential. I, I, God dropped this in my spirit a few months ago, and I shared it with you. He said, tell, tell my people to stop being everything to everyone and start being something to someone. Right? Minimize so we can maximize our impact. Be faithful in the little things. Friends, I've had to learn as a pastor to say no, and I've not always been very good at it. You know, the first two years of this church, there are people who say, oh, we want to have a Christmas Eve service. And I wanted so badly to do that, but we don't have a building. We have a very small team. We're brand new as a church still. You know, and so I had to learn to say no to things. Why? Because I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to fail in my family. I don't want to be another pastor who burned out, right? So, so you have to sometimes learn to say no to say yes. Listen to what John Maxwell said. He said, being one step ahead makes you a leader. Being 50 steps ahead could make you a martyr. Friends, I don't want to be a martyr. And when we get too ahead, too far ahead of Jesus, we look back and we realize, ain't nobody following us, right? And so we just take little steps, little steps of faithfulness. Do the next right thing, amen? Thrives begin small. They begin small. But secondly, thrives move us into deep water. Thrives, ultimately, in terms of this progression, God's going to move you into deep water. Verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water. Somebody can relate. Somebody's in deep water today. Why did he take them to deep water? Because that's where the fish were. But make no mistake, the story is not about catching fish. It's about catching fishermen. Peter, James, and John. It's about revealing a call in these men that they didn't even know they had. Isn't that so cool that we as Christians, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can literally see something in someone that they don't see in themselves. And we can say, you know what? You were made for greatness. You don't even know how great you are and you can be through Christ. But I'm here to tell you, God has a call in your life. Well, I don't know what that is, Pastor John. Oh, you're going to find it. As you take the next step and he calls you out into deep waters, he will reveal that which has been hidden to you. You see, he was trying to tell Peter, Peter, You've been in the kiddie pool. Peter was in the kiddie pool. Now, these are hard to get on it. I need, like, Chachi, can I borrow your arms for a second? It, it's an inside joke. It's an inside joke. We do this every week. It's healthy banter. We love each other. And trust me, he, he gets, I, I, I get it back. Trust me. But Peter was in the kiddie pool, right? He was living his life. Everything was safe. It was predictable in the kiddie pool. He'd go out. He, he had two nice, he had a nice boat, right? He had a nice family business. His father was a fisherman. Everything's were all set. He had a nice, you know, the, the cool thing about the kiddie pool is you can see the bottom, right? There's nothing that you can't see in there. The only thing you got to worry about in the kiddie pool is the occasional unauthorized floaty, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but other than that, the kiddie pool is great. No, let me say that. Let me say that differently. The kiddie pool is good. The kiddie pool is good. Therein lies the problem. 
Therein lies the problem. Because as Christians, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, we were never destined to live in the kiddie pool. We were never destined to, to live and settle for good. God has called us to greatness. Now, so, so, to, to you, that sounds like a sales pitch. Some people, because you don't even understand God. But God wants to reveal himself to you as, as the God he really is. And when you really, really begin to uncover who God is in your life and you see him made manifest in your life, you realize we were never meant for the kiddie pool. God teaches us great things in the kiddie pool, but then he calls us like he did Peter, James, and John to deep water. He says, take off the floaties. I'm calling you to deep waters. My question for you today is this. Is your good getting in the way of your great? Is your good getting in the way of your great? Because God didn't call you to be good. He didn't call you to live a good life. He called you to live a great life, a life like he said, to the full. Some of us have settled for good in our job. And God wants to give us a promotion. But we're too, too, too uh, complacent with the good. And God says, I got something great for you. We settle for good in our relationships. Well, I mean, how you doing? I'm doing good. You know, marriage is all right. You know, I don't cuss at my wife anymore. I'm doing good. We don't fight nearly as much as we did. Okay, but, but are you thriving in your relationship? Well, no. Well, God's called you to. We settle for good in, in so many years. We settle for good in our church. Do you know that? Churches settle for good all the time. As long as we have some butts and seats and you're tithing a little bit, ah, we're fine. No, you're not fine. I'm not fine with that. God said, go and make disciples. You saw Pastor Michael preach last week. I'm invested in him. I, I, and, and all of you, I, I want to raise up a generation. I want to raise up disciples who go and, and take back the kingdom. <laughs> I'm not selling for good. And so there might be things in, in, in these gatherings that you might not like. Oh, we did a hymn today. I don't like hymns. Well, you know what? Somebody else does. And somebody else likes the other song we did. You know, so, so let me give you an example. We had a, we just had our Christmas service, right? And uh, we started that off with a, with a song, or, or in that song we did a, uh, or in the service we did a Mary Did You Know, with a spoken word. And we had someone from the church who's been going here a long time, a seasoned Christian, call in and complain. <laughs> now listen, I, I can be rebuked and I can take criticism because that's part of being a pastor and I should. But that, that wasn't that. That was someone about complaining about something they shouldn't have complained about. And here's, here's what I'm saying. There was a, a family that came, that comes, and they brought two atheists with them. Right? They drag them to church, and they're sitting back there in the back with their headphones on. And they're like, you know, they're going to hate this. And, uh, you know, and they're like, they didn't want to come. They were dragged. All of a sudden, when James McAllister, the guy who was doing the spoken word, started, you know, dropping... What do you call it? Dropping the bars. Dropping the bars? bars. Dropping the bars. See, thank you. Help, help a brother out. Dropping the bars. Noted. So he's dropping the bars, and, and all of a sudden, headphones come off. They sit straight up in the chair, and these atheists are being ministered to by the word of God spoken through a mouth. Luke 5, 31. Jesus didn't come for the healthy, but the sick. It's the sick who need. So we are going to be a church that is always reaching out into the community. We're going to be a church of young, of old, of, and everywhere in between. And every ethnic bath, background, we want to be a church that's diverse, and it reaches the kingdom. Friends, I love this quote by, uh, by James Augie. He says, 
God brings men into deep waters, not to drown them, but to cleanse them. Mm. Say, well, 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 cleanse them from what? Well, in part, cleanse them from self-reliance, from the lie that we can do life without God. Man, that is a lie, and I'm here to debunk that. We cannot do life without Jesus. It's miserable without Jesus. So God sends us these deep waters, right? He sends us into deep waters to keep us close to Jesus. You ever notice how close you get with Jesus when you're in deep waters and how far we can drift from Jesus when everything's good, a.k.a. the kiddie pool. <laughs> Check this out. I don't know if you ever caught this in Scripture, but Peter, when he was walking on water in Matthew 14, you know, he gets a bad rap. I mean, everyone talks about, he took his eyes off Jesus and he started to sink. Will you try it? <laughs> When's the last time you walked on water in the middle of a storm, right? So yeah, he, he, he did take his eyes, but not until he had made it right to Jesus because the Bible tells us that as he began to sink, Jesus grabbed him by the hand. So he was close enough to Jesus. My point is this, in, in deep waters, Deep waters were close with Jesus. Contrast that with Matthew 26, after Jesus was arrested and taken to the courtyard of the high priest. What happened? Matthew 26, 58. But Peter followed him at a distance. Dry land, stable, secure, distance. Sinking in the tempest, in the middle of the sea, deep waters, close enough to touch Jesus. See, we're the same way. We're the same way, y'all. When we get close to Jesus, there's this, there's this depth that occurs, right? He takes us to deep waters, and all of a sudden, there's this proximity that occurs when we're in deep waters. But boy, when things are good, we, uh, we tend to distance ourselves just like Peter did. 2020, Lisa Bennett, God took her into deep waters, her and Andre. I know they're here somewhere. But uh, as you may have heard, Andre got COVID and he had an underlying health condition and he was struggling. He was struggling. He was in the hospital for, for many days. And, um, you know, Lisa, it was, it was during that time on those deep waters that Lisa wrote out Psalm 91. Sometimes you just need to take the word of God, read it and write it out, right? She wrote the whole 91st Psalm out and began just to pray that and begin to contend and fight, you know, spiritual warfare for her husband, there was a progression. God was taking her from the kiddie pool to deep waters. And it was there that God gave her sight. God gave her clarity. She could see God for the loving God that he was. See, she saw that God didn't abandon them. He was right there in the midst of the deep waters. You could say God used 2020 to give Lisa 2020 vision. And listen, God's taken us on deep waters. Uh, as a nation, he's doing that right now. This is a big week. This is a big week for America. And regardless of your political affiliation, regardless of your personal opinion, let's go back and unite under this book. Okay, this is what brings us together. This is what brings us together. So I don't care what your denomination is. We're gonna come together and offer up a heartfelt prayer to our God. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come together as the church. We stand firm in the faith. With one voice, we lift our prayer.
petition to you today. We cry out to you the prayer of Psalm 37, 17, where you say, the power of the wicked will be broken and the Lord upholds the righteous. God, I pray that prayer over our nation. I pray that, that you would expose and depose wicked people whether Republican, whether Democrat, whether independent, doesn't matter. Wicked people, God, expose them and depose them. God, let the, them see the, the mighty hand of God that loves this nation and has called us to greatness. Let people see the glory of our God on display as you remove evil people and you raise up those who will keep your commandments, God. Those who will contend for your statutes, for your precepts, for your values, for your truths, for your tenets, God. Raise up a generation that will take back this nation and bring it before you so that we can be the city on the hill, the light in a dark world that we are called and destined to be. I pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen. amen. Come on. And thirdly, thrives begin small, thrives move us into deep waters and thrives take us through letdowns. Thrives take us through letdowns. Look at verse five. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, Peter's frustrated. I don't know if you can, you can see that in the text, if that comes through to you, but he's frustrated because, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, push out a little, but it's another thing for the carpenter, who's not a fisherman, right, by trade. He's a carpenter. You can tell the fisherman what to do. We've been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything. And oh, by the way, we just got done finishing, cleaning our nets that are 25 feet in di diameter. Not an easy task to do. And now you're going to tell us to let down the nets after a failed night of fishing. I'm really tired. I'm really frustrated. But he lets down his net. He was obedient in a time which it was hardest to do so. The man who launched the church, Peter, throughout the ancient world, first had to launch his boat and let down his nets. It's a progression, y'all. It's a progression. But that's not the only letdown. I don't know if you caught the other one in the text. There was another letdown for Peter. Check out verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. You see what he's doing? He was, he was, Peter saw shame. Peter saw sins. Peter saw his past. Peter saw a man that could not be used for greatness. Conversely, Jesus saw a warrior. Yeah, Jesus said, yeah, I'm going to launch this church through you, Peter. I'm going to use you to do great things. What am I saying? I'm saying we got to let down our label. Peter had a label. And he had to let down his label. And Peter ain't the only one that's got labels. We all label ourselves. And it's let 2021 be a year in which we remove the labels. We let down the labels and allow God to define who and what we are, right? I had a label. Man, I, in college, you've heard me talk about it before. Some of you that have been with us for a while. I used to, my label was image. I cared so much about how I looked. And what people thought of me. It was image. So much so that I lived in Ohio, which obviously they're really good at football. January 11th, right? I saw the game. But what doesn't happen in Ohio is the sun rarely shines. And so 
you know, evidently my skin was not dark enough, right? And so I was like, you know, I'm going to go to tanning bed. I mean, I'm sorry, I got to keep it real, guys. I'm embarrassed to tell you, okay? Like, through college, I went to the tanning bed. And I wish it stopped there. I wish that was all. But I I just cared so much about people, so much so, and and some of you have heard this story, but so much so that I I, I borrowed my friend's car, right? We didn't didn't grow up back in the day, people didn't just get cars when they were 16. Woo, you're 16, here's some keys. It wasn't how it happened in the olden days, all right? And so I didn't have a car, but my roommate did because his dad was a doctor. And he had a nice car. And so I borrowed it because there was this class that was being held out on the soccer field, okay? And, and, and they took attendance inside, but I strategically didn't go f- for attendance, right? Because I waited, you know, I was like creeping in the car, waiting for them to walk out to the soccer field. There's this little access road that runs right by the soccer field, right? And so sure enough, as they're walking out, I, I, I'm rolling up. But, for, but, but before I rolled up to her, I had to roll the windows down. And, and, and now normally back in the day, you got to crank them down. But this was a nice car. It was automatic. And I, as I rolled the windows down, I cranked the stereo up. LL Cool J. LL Cool J. And, it, and, it, and I was like, I need, I need, a, I need a message prop because it was a cassette player. I don't even know where you get one, y'all. It's a cassette. You can't get a cassette anymore. So I put the cassette in. And you had to to fast forward, you know, no MP3 players. See, young people don't even know what I'm talking about. Y'all are so spoiled. I got my MP3 player, my iPod. No, we had a cassette, y'all. And I I got it to the song, when I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall in the back of my mind. I hear my conscience call, telling me I need a girl as sweet as a dove. For the first time in my life, I see I need love. Now look at my wife when I said that. In case y'all are visiting. But so I, I... as that's playing, I crank it up and I'm rolling out there, right? I'm so concerned about what they think of me, so concerned about my label, my image, so concerned that I was real deep in the seat, <laughs> real deep in the seat, and I, I didn't see that the access road actually went to the right of it, kind of went off into a little ditch. And so I'm like throwing a peace sign up, I'm rolling real low, and all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> I kid you not, I'm not embellishing, I can document this, they literally had to tow the car out. No joke. All because Johnny was concerned about his image. But that's, that's my story. What's yours? What's your label? I mean, we all got labels. For some people, it's failure. But God says in Romans 3.22 that he sees us as righteous because of Christ. For some people, it's victim. But God tells us in 1 Corinthians 15.57 that God gives us victory through Christ. For some of you, it's damaged. Something happened to you, and because that thing happened to you, fill in the blank, you'll never be the same, or God can never use you because of that. And God says in Colossians 2.10 that we are complete in him. You are not damaged goods to the most high God. You are complete, sweet daughter and son. You are forgiven. You are secure. You are capable. You are loved. You are valuable. But let me warn you. Let me warn you. The progression of a thrive can work in reverse if we let it. So in other words, you're progressing along in life. Steve, things are going great. You're making changes. You're making these, these changes in your life. You're taking small steps. God's calling you into deep waters. Things are going great. You're starting to climb that mountain, but be careful because it can work in reverse. In fact, it did for Peter. If you follow the progression of his thrive, what happened? He denied Christ three times. And then where did he go? Do you remember where he went? He went back along with six other disciples, to what he knew. 
because he thought he was a failure, because he labeled himself as a failure, because I, I denied Christ, I failed Christ. And so he went back to what he knew, which was fishing. And it was there in John 21 that Jesus rolled up onto the scene, the very same place that he called him, the Sea of Galilee, from the shore in John 21. Jesus calls and he, he changes his label with one word. He called out to him, friends! And that one word, imagine if you're Peter, you sold God out, you denied him three times, you're heartbroken, you think you're damaged good, you think your life is never gonna be the same, and you hear the word, friends. And he turns his head, and he sees the Messiah. He'd been, he died, was buried and resurrected, but he had not yet ascended. And he saw Jesus what that must have done to a soul in that moment. Friends, what's your label? Because God's saying, let it down. Whatever your label is, God's saying, let it down. Maybe, maybe 2021 took you back and some of you kind of picked up a habit or a hurt or a hang up. And God wants you to know it's time to let that down. It's time through the blood of Jesus Christ and the victory of the cross in his power and in his authority to let it down once and for all. He died so that your label would be removed and that you would be son or daughter in whom he is well pleased. Amen? Amen. And let me just tell you the result as we close. The result of the progression. Here's the result. Verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people so they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Friends, the results of the progression of your thrive are this. Number one, an aligned calling, right? Peter was doing his thing. He was gonna be a fisherman. God said, oh, no, you're not. He aligned his calling under the authority of Christ. Aligned callings, and the other result of the progression is surrendered hearts. You say, well, how do you know his heart was surrendered? because he was willing to leave everything, everything he knew, everything that was comfortable, everything that was safe, everything that he had planned, he left it all and said, I'm out. And, and the funny thing is, is that Jesus just blessed more so than ever the very business that he called him to leave. You think, well, gosh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of fish in the nets. How could you leave that? That's a big loss. No, it wasn't. Because you can't lose what you've already surrendered. <laughs> it was already surrendered. Friends, let's commit to make 2021 a year where we step into this progression. We step into our thrive. Let's commit that right here and right now. It's going to be a process. It's going to be a journey. It ain't going to happen overnight. But man, if we make this commitment to do this and we start on that progression, by the time this year is over, there's going to be some victories, major deliverance and victories in your life. Amen? <laughs> so what do you do? You begin small. Just begin small. Make a commitment to do some little things, to take some small steps this year. And then God's going to move you to deep water, realizing it's there that our good has to surrender to his great. 
And then he's going to take us through some letdowns where we have to let down our pride, let down our preferences. You may have to let down through the path of obedience people who are distracting you, right? He had to walk away, Peter had to walk away from his father in the family business. Sometimes you have to let down people. God's calling you to remove that label, to let the label down and remember, and not even remember for some, for some it's discover, discover who you really are in Christ. Friends, at the end of that journey and in the midst of it, God will produce a life-transforming, God-induced, and much-needed thrive. That is the progression of a thrive. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus. You cannot thrive if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's impossible. He came so that you can thrive. He came so that you could live. If you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you can make him, you can make that decision right now to know him. Whether you're watching online or whether you're here in person, all you do is just, just pray a prayer like this. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I want to thrive and I can't do it without you. So today, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me for my past. I pray that you would use me for greatness as I discover who I am in you and through you. I make you my God from this moment on. I exist for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we welcome anybody who prayed that prayer to the family of God today? Come on. Come on. That's why we exist as a church family to find and follow Jesus, help people find and follow Jesus. If you made that decision and you're here, stop at the connect table. We got a free gift for you. If you made that decision and you're watching online, put that in the chat. Say, I made that decision. We want to journey with you. We love you. We're thankful for what God is doing in this place. Hey, if you, if you need prayer today, we've got our, our pastors and our prayer team here. We'd love to pray with you for anything that's going on. We are here to journey with you. We found out in 2020 that we do life better when we're together. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, as you leave this place today, go with a smile on your face, live out your thrive this week, and take hope to a world that desperately needs it. God bless you. I love you. Have a great week.